athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Win! Win, 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 win! They're locked in to the dopest show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. The Daytona 500 is taking place on Sunday. And tell you what, had an absolute uh, splendid day on Wednesday. Was in Daytona Beach for the Daytona 500 Media Day. Had never been before to the Media Day, and it was great. I mean, you know, and, 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 and the Daytona 500, one of the biggest events in all of sports, all of professional sports. It's just absolutely wonderful. Had a chance to be there on last year and for the first time back in 2017 and it's absolutely great i mean you know the one thing i think about when you when you think about nascar and and i, I you know it, with respect to all of the other pro sports it's the most personable sport like it's the sport where as a regular fan if you will you can have or have an opportunity to have the most interaction with the drivers, the most interactive, because, I mean, if you look at the other sports, like football is pretty much off limits. Um, basketball, somewhat, I guess it's, you know, especially when you're at the games and maybe if you're sitting in the front row or something like that, you know, you may have a little bit more interaction. Uh, baseball, maybe so. But, I mean, with respect to NASCAR, I mean, there's an opportunity um, if you have the right ticket, credential, et cetera, to get right on the track. There's an opportunity to be able to talk, uh, well, eh, maybe not talk with the drivers per se, but really get by the cars and uh, be able to take pictures by the cars and that type of thing. So it's great. I mean, I, you know, Wednesday was absolutely fabulous. I uh, got into Daytona Beach late on Tuesday. And by the way, I got to first of all, I got to give a couple of shout outs before I sort of set things up. And and and, and some of the drivers interview is going to replay today here on from the press box to press row. Uh, Larry Steele uh, from our affiliate WELE in Daytona Beach took care of me while I was there. I mean, we had a setup. As a matter of fact, uh, we were at the Daytona 500, the racetrack, and they have like a, you know, they have like a couple of levels, and one of the levels was like a club level, and it was really cool because what you could you you could see, I mean, the you could see everything with respect to the track, pit road. Etc. So the backdrop for a lot of these interviews and, you know, we took some pictures and and uh, and all of that, which can be found uh, on our Twitter page at Box to Row at Box to Row, excuse me, on our Twitter page at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Also uh, on our Instagram page at Box to Row. Um, just that was sort of the backdrop for the 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 track itself and. The stands, and as a matter of fact, there were even some cars. I don't know. I guess it was that that may have been practicing uh, during the course of some of the interviews. I mean, it was absolutely tremendous. Big shots out to Larry Steele who set us up. Um, big shots out to NASCAR. Uh, uh, Matt Cheslick, who was the media relations director there, and his staff was absolutely wonderful. I mean, set everything up. We had. You know, we had about seven interviews and, you know, prior to going into this, he asks, OK, who are some of the drivers that you want to interview? Of course, I mean, one of the drivers on my list, Jimmy Johnson, uh, I mean, wow, he's going to retire at the end of this even season has won seven cup series championships, seven uh, had him on the show before, but you know, wanted to do something in person with him. So he actually wasn't on my list, but he was kind of running behind. So while we were sort of in a break, 
Um, you know, and, and he was waiting for his interview. He sort of came into the room. Uh, I thought it would be an opportunity to maybe to get with him, but he was sort of on a schedule, which was cool. I mean, it was a couple of other drivers, uh, 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 Denny Hamlin, um, you know, some other guys that I really had on my list uh, weren't able to get, but got some great guys, including Bubba Wallace, uh, who's the only black driver on the circuit. I mean, we talked for a good while. You're going to hear uh, the replay of the conversation that I had with Bubba Wallace today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And it was, a, I thought, a really uh, good conversation, a really uh, real conversation, uh, quite frankly, as it relates to um, some of the experiences that Bubba Wallace has had on the track. So Bubba Wallace is an interview you're going to hear from uh, today. Uh, Cole Custer is a rookie driver, but, you know, he's going to be in the running for rookie of the year. And, um, you know, he's a driver to watch out for. He's a driver definitely to watch out for for this upcoming season. Another big time driver, Martin Truex Jr. Had a chance to catch up with him. Of course, he was the Cup Series champion in 2017. Um, so many, uh, you know, Eric Jones is a young driver um, that that is going to be one of the better drivers for the future of NASCAR. Tyler Reddick is a rookie that a lot of people have there. As a matter of fact, he may be um, one of the uh, leaders in terms of rookie of the year. William Byron is one of those drivers. As a matter of fact, he's taking online courses at Liberty University. I had a chance to sit down with him. So he's one of the drivers you're also going to hear from today, as well as Martin Truex Jr. It was just a great, phenomenal time all day. Got a chance to see some people. Um, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, in the Greensboro market that were uh, down there, TV uh, uh, folks and so forth. So it was an absolutely wonderful time at Media Day at the Daytona 500 in Daytona Beach on Wednesday. So uh, a lot of a lot of good interviews today uh, with respect to NASCAR and the Daytona 500 today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Your participation always warranted here on the program. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Also, uh, you can uh, hit me up and follow me on my personal Twitter account at DWare1 or on my Instagram account, where Donald, follow us. Follow me while you're there. Thank you to the great affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. Mention W-E-L-E in Daytona Beach. While we're in Florida, how about W-T-A-L out of Tallahassee? Those that listen to us on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142 and those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. Let's go ahead and get started. William Byron drives the number 24 Chevrolet Camaro Z1 1LE for Hendrick Motorsports. He was the 2018 Cup Series Rookie of the Year. Had a chance to catch up with William Byron on Wednesday at Media Day. And this is what he had to say. Good. Doing really well. I mean, just excited about the weekend. And for us, the the duel tomorrow night is, is a key race. So definitely trying to get through that and try to think through the strategy there and and uh, excited for that. You know, for you, it's interesting. Second year, Last year was your second year, and, and you finished 11th. You were a participant in the playoff. You know, speak to that in sort of your meteoric rise here at, at the Cup Series. Yeah, I mean, I've been really fortunate to have the right breaks to get to the Cup Series. I feel like, you know, everything everything really lined up well to, you know, get through the different steps and get to this stage. So, um, you know, last year was a, a good, successful year for us. I mean, five poles and making the playoffs and finishing 11th in the points was, was good. So um, now it's just about making that next step and, and trying to, uh, win races on a consistent basis. First, get the first one, and then uh, try to be up front consistently for them. 2018 Rookie of the Year, and then you go back to the previous two years. You won Rookie of the Year on each of those. You know, talk about uh, that little bit and sort of really making history as a three-time Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I mean, it was just uh, crazy that I was in three different series, uh, three years in a row. But um, to have the Rookie of the Year. Honors was a big deal for you know your career and kind of the progression that I had through to get to that that level 
um, in the Cup Series and, and win Rookie of the Year in the Cup Series too. So um, was definitely really fortunate to to have those um, go my way, and um, you know I, I had a lot of fun along the way getting um, you know going through the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series. Those were a lot of fun. Uh, your finish uh, back in July of last year here, uh, uh, runner-up finished. Um, your familiarity with the track, can you sort of speak to that? And then some of the expectations of what is it going to take to win the 500 on Sunday? I think it's going to take patience. Um, you're going to have to be aggressive when the time comes, you know, and just capitalizing on the situation that that's in front of you. I feel like we, you know, I feel like we ran well in the July race. I feel like the fall race at Talladega, which is a similar um, racetrack to Daytona, was was pretty good for us until the very end. We we're kind of leading at that point, so um, I think you're just going to have to be patient, but also aggressive and and aggressive when you get the opportunity to uh, to do it. Did you feel like you had a better or better familiarity last year at the 500, considering you had done it? the Daytona 500 one time and then had done the track in July of 18. I think so. I mean, the, the 500 is interesting because the, the racetrack goes through kind of a transition throughout the week. You know, there's so many different races on the track. There's the duels, there's the um, truck race, the Xfinity race. And through all that, the, the track kind of degrades and kind of gets, you know, rubber into it. And, and it's not as fast and it's not as, it's not as grippy. So, um, being in the 500 is really the only way to experience that. So I feel like, um, you know, it takes some ad- adaptation as a driver to kind of throw away what you've been doing throughout the week and how the car's been driving to get to that race and, and realize, hey, this is a different beast. There's 40 cars out here. You know, you're not used to that many cars as well being on the racetrack. So it's, it's just a different beast. Uh, so you're so I know we were talking. So you're what, a year and a half? away from graduating from Liberty University? Yeah, yeah, I've been taking classes at Liberty um, online since high school. So uh, when I started racing, I started, um, you know, kind of became partner with them uh, pretty quickly in my racing career, and then that, that led to taking classes online and still doing that today. Did you have sort of that forethought that you, this is what you were going to do, and uh because there's such a commitment here while in high school you started taking classes because you wanted to get that degree early earlier than maybe you would be yeah. also as a driver oh for sure i mean i think that even if i you know even if if school isn't the number one priority right now uh with with racing being such a big part of my life i think you know it's something that's always always going to allow me to be well rounded and so um, that's how I look at it. It's, it's just something else that I can do that's going to kind of keep me well-rounded, keep my mind uh, kind of churning through the week and, and staying sharp. Uh, do you keep up with Liberty Athletics? I do. I, I knew they're, uh, they they did super well in, in football. This was their first year in the uh, FBS, I guess. So um, they they did well for the first year, made a bowl game, won the bowl game. And then I think in, in basketball they're doing pretty well. Uh, I don't think they've really played a lot of great teams in basketball this year, but they were they have a pretty good record. William Byron juggling school and responsibilities on the NASCAR's highest circuit, the Cup Series Championship. Still to come here on from the press box to press row, you're going to hear from Martin Truex Jr. You're also going to hear from Bubba Wallace as well as Chris Butcher as from the press box to press row. NASCAR edition rolls on. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row, the biggest names, our guests on Box to Row. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. You know what you said. This is the one and only Eagle Double G. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey, man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and Sports, hey, my favorite three topics. Hey, say what's happening, man? It's CIP, man. Hello, this is Aretha Franklin, Queen of Soul. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had 
but it's like that. You know, it's really focused. Just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.botchtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. You're listening to from the press box to press row. Broken glass in the hallway, bloodstained floors, neighbors look at every bag you bring through your doors. Lock the top lock. Mama should have cuffed me to the radiator. Why not? It might have saved me later from my block and why cops. Able to come here on from the press box to press row, and of course, if you're just joining us, the Daytona 500 is on Sunday. Had a chance to be at Media Day. On Wednesday was absolutely great. So because of that, going to talk a lot of NASCAR and a lot of Daytona 500 today here on the program. Still to come, Eric Almarola going to join us on the program. As a matter of fact, in this segment, Bubba Wallace still to come here on the program, as well as Martin Truex Jr. Still to come here on from the press box to press row again. Um, was invited down by NASCAR. It was great. I mean, I just enjoyed it immensely and um, did not going to get a chance to get to the Daytona 500 this year. But being here in Raleigh, there are a couple of tracks, a couple of races that are uh, within about a three hour drive. Charlotte is one of them. Uh, there are three races at Charlotte per year. Uh, you look at um, also you look at uh, at Darlington uh, in South Carolina. And then also Martinsville is about a is not not quite three hours from here. As a matter of fact, the Martinsville race for the first time ever going to be run under the lights on uh, this Saturday before Mother's Day. May try to check that out. That that's going to be historic. Martinsville here is a great track. Charlotte's the oval track. I want to be able to see that um, as well. It's super exciting. If you haven't been to a race, um, you got to go check it out. Well. As we continue to replay some of the interviews from Media Day, the Daytona 500 Media Day on Wednesday, had a chance to catch up with Eric Almarola. He drives the number 10 Ford Mustang for Stuart Haas Racing and uh, had a chance to catch up with him. Had a great conversation with Eric Almarola at Media Day, the Daytona 500 Media Day on Wednesday. Do you enjoy all of the what comes along with it and the media uh, presence and, and all that kind of stuff. And the media tour of this. I've learned to accept it. <laughs> so not really. Yeah. I mean, as a race car driver, and I think everybody's the same, but for me specifically, I can only talk about myself. The reason I wanted to become a race car driver was to drive race cars. Like, I never, you know, at a young age intended to be famous or, you know, felt like, I wanted to be somebody that was in the spotlight or that, you know, wanted to go on radio shows or TV shows or any of that stuff. I just wanted to drive a race car. That's all I cared about. So for me, you know, growing into that that stardom and, and that, that fan base and then having people, you know, want you on their TV show or radio show or whatever, um, that was never something that I was overly comfortable with in the beginning. And then as time has gone on, uh, you learn to grow with that and accept it. But my favorite part of the race weekend is when I get to strap in that race car um, right before the race and you know all the, the media and all that stuff is, is out of my element and I'm in my office and it's nice and quiet uh, before we start our engines and that's that's kind of my space right there but all of this stuff is, is part of the deal and it's you know I, I recognize that this is what allows us to do what we love to do yeah. So your first career cup win came here, not at the 500, but at Daytona. That's right. Back in 2014. So sort of uh, uh, speak to that and what that first win meant for you. Um, well, it was a, a huge sense of accomplishment, right, to, to win at the, the sport's highest level. Um, and for me, it meant, you know, a, a slight piece of validation, right? You... Uh, you I think everybody, no matter who you are, uh, questions themselves. You know, people do it as human beings. People do it as, um, you know, as athletes. People do it in the workplace. Um, and all you really want to do 
in any of those spaces is contribute. You want to contribute for your team or, or for your work or for your, your just life in general, your spouse, your kids. And so for me, it was about contributing and contributing to the race team and um, and proving to not only myself but to everybody that, that I could do it. And so getting the opportunity is just the first part. The next part is validating uh, the fact that, you know, you belong. And so when you win and you win at this level, um, it brings along that, that sense of validation. Yeah. Um, do you draw anything coming into the race on Sunday from either 2014 winning or even from the Daytona 500 itself with your highest placing being fourth place in 2017? Um no, because then, you know, I follow up 2017 with 2018. I was leading on the last lap. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I took I took, uh, took the white flag leading and was leading going down the back straightaway and, and was literally just that far. I mean, a couple hundred yards, um, yeah. you know, half a mile, a mile from, uh, from winning the Daytona 500. So I have a lot of different experiences, uh, some highs, some lows. Um, here at Daytona, I've got a lot of childhood memories from Daytona from when I was a kid um, coming over here to watch races. And yeah, I think ultimately when you're in the race car, um, it's all reactionary. You learn from all those experiences and you kind of put them in the memory bank. Um, but everything inside the race car, you're just, you're just reacting to the situation around you. Eric Almarola joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. It's media day here at the Daytona 500. Um, can, it's interesting. You, you mentioned all you wanted to do maybe growing up was to race. Um, and, you know, you got the opportunity, especially here at the highest level through dr- the, uh, the Drive Through Diversity yep. uh, program. It's, talk about that and some memories sort of from that and how that helped you to get to this level. Yeah, so everybody needs an opportunity. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, you got to have an opportunity. But once you get the opportunity, that, that's the part that's up to you. you got to be prepared for the opportunity. And so for me, um, that was my opportunity. The diversity initiative that Joe Gibbs and Reggie White put on um, was my opportunity. And I was so fortunate to get that opportunity. And I remember showing up um, to North Carolina and, and Coach Gibbs and, and Reggie White and J.D., Coach Gibbs' son, um, all sat me down and, and told me that you know the job was mine and that I was going to come drive a late mile for them and all these things and um, you know they, they just expressed very very thoroughly um, that this was this was an opportunity and that it was mine to seize and, and to um, to take it very seriously and, and that they believed in me and that they wanted to see me succeed and and that for me. Um, inspired me so much to to make sure that I never, you know, I, I never go to bed at night thinking that I didn't give enough. Um, and so that was very pivotal for me in, in, in my career, getting that opportunity. Um, and, and that was something that's really changed the course of my life and, and, and my professional career. Yeah. So you have a new crew chief for 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of sort of talk about that a little bit, especially coming into this first race, it being the Daytona 500 and the dynamic of that. Yeah, and so, you know, having that, uh, you know, the biggest race of the year be the first race, it's important to not just show up to Daytona and try and kick off your communication there. (laughs) Right. It's got to start way, way sooner than that. So as soon as we, you know, made the announcement that we were uh, swapping crew chiefs around inside the organization, um, you know, I immediately uh, connected with with Mike Bogaravich, my new crew chief, and uh, we started talking a lot on the phone. I was going into the shop a couple days a week. Uh, sitting down, meeting with him, going over, you know, his his game plan, his his you know his style, the way he likes to execute practice and preparation and all of those things, and what are his expectations, what are my expectations, um, and and just talk about a lot of different stuff. And then on the on the flip side of that, um, you know, getting away from just the the strictly business side and finding out more about him as as a person and getting to know you know his wife and his kids. His wife and kids coming over to our house and having dinner and, and having dinner with, with our family. Um, that stuff's important so that you can build that connection, that relationship, um, you know, before you show up here for the Daytona 500. At least then you've got a good rapport with the guy and you, you've got a good understanding of what makes them tick. 
Um, having been very familiar with this track, whether it be the Daytona 500, whether it be the race uh, in the summer, which you have won one of those, what what has to happen for you to be able to take this Sunday to be able to take your first Daytona 500? Uh, luck, honestly. Um, you know, I, I think some things just got to go our way. I've been close um, a few times. I was really close two years ago. I know I'm going to have a fast race car. I mean, it's, I know that. Um, and, and I know at different times throughout the race, we'll find ourselves in position. It's just about being in the right place at the right time and not being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and I know that sounds simple, but that's really what it boils down to. You see guys come down here for years um, and, and come close or have fast race cars and it not happen for them. And then you see other guys, um, you know, come down here and, and just things go right for them. They can be right in the middle of a 20-car pileup and escape uh, with no damage to the race car. I mean, a lot of that's just luck. Um, and so you got to have things go your way. Eric Almarola joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row again, drives the number 10 for Stuart Haas Racing. Eric, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you and your team, not only in the Daytona 500, but throughout the course of the season. Thanks, Don. So catching up with Eric Almarola, as you heard, he came through the Drive for Diversity program. And, you know, he's had uh, just a couple of wins on the Cup Series circuit, but he's due. You know, he's done rather well, particularly at the Daytona 500 with Stuart Haas Racing. He finished his highest ever last year with Stuart Haas Racing at number eight on last year. So he's due to have uh, maybe sort of a breakout season, uh, a big day as well. Um, but, I mean, this is really anybody's race. You know Jimmy Johnson's going to want to go out there and try to win it. It's going to be his last year uh, driving. So this Daytona 500 should be super exciting. Will one of the young guns kind of come around? William Byron, Eric Jones. Uh, that's yet to be seen. But this should be an exciting Daytona 500 on Sunday. Still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Martin Truex Jr. But up next, we're going to be joined by the driver of the number 43 for Richard Petty Racing, Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace drives the number 43 for Richard Petty Racing. We had an awesome conversation. He's the only black driver on the circuit, um, came through the Drive through Diversity, Drive for Diversity program. Also um, had a chance to catch up with him at Media Day, the Daytona 500 Media Day on Wednesday. Finally, good to meet you in person. What's going on, Bubba? I appreciate it. All nothing, just Daytona 500 Media Day. Uh, we always know that now from here on this point, it's a constant uh, routine. We get on track tomorrow, and then we're on track for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I know you're looking forward to it. You had a nice finish, as a matter of fact, here going back to 2018, finishing um, second. Mm -hmm. Kind of speak to that and sort of the familiarity with this track. Yeah, this this place is it provides a lot of excitement, a lot of opportunities for all teams involved, and and uh, I think you know you, you have a little bit more juice in the tank when you show up to these places, Daytona and Talladega specifically, just because of the the way the racing goes down and 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 how everybody in the shot or everybody in the field has a shot. So we are uh, extremely excited to get on track and and show our efforts uh, in the duels tomorrow night. You know we didn't get the best qualifying effort, but. Um, Again, going back to how this place races, you're never by yourself, uh, so you're always in the pack and always in the draft. And if we can better our chances in the duels, then then we'll do that. But we, we still know that the big picture is on Sunday that we have to go out and get. And, and looking back at, at what we did in 2018 provides a lot of excitement for us and a lot of momentum for us. So we, we know we have the capability and the personnel to do it and the cars to do it. Our Chevrolets are fast, I feel like, in the draft and have a lot of speed. So... We will um, we'll manage our expectations, manage our emotions, and manage the race the best that we can and put ourselves in a, the best opportunity possible. Yeah, no question. Your thoughts on 2019? 2019, last year was whew, last year was was kind of a up-and-down season for us. We didn't start off season too hot, uh, and then we finally started getting into a rhythm around Charlotte and the All-Star Weekend and, and winning the Open there, finishing fifth in the All-Star Race, and then kind of putting together some good races here and there. and. Uh, I think the highlight of our year was finishing third at Indy, uh, and that was huge for us. And and uh, you know that that's that spoke volumes to a, a lot of people in the industry of what we were able to do. So we had a lot of speed that weekend, and uh, we tried to carry that on throughout the year. So a lot of ups and downs, uh, a lot of character building moments, but all in all, it's 
part of racing, and that's what racing does to you. It produces some some moments that you're proud of, and then some moments that you, you hang your head and and wish you could erase. And but you learn from each and every moment like that. So we're now we're on to 2020 with a fresh start and uh, some exciting opportunities. You know the tweet that I like. Matter of fact, it's your pin tweet. It says it reads, in fact. There is only one driver from an African-American background at the top level of our sport. I am the one. You're not going to stop hearing about the black driver for years. Embrace it, accept it, and enjoy the journey. Sort of speak to that. Yeah, so that was a lot of people get uh, frustrated over that because they feel like I am throwing race into the context here. And and this all sparked after um, after an interview I did. Uh, and the headline read as a black driver and a lot of fans attacked that outlet and were like it's not about race it's it's he's a driver at the end of the day everybody's making it about race and so I was simply saying hey yes media outlets are going to get the clickbait if they put black driver at the headlines that's going to make you click on it Mm -hmm. Uh, if you just put another driver that happens to be black they're going to they're going to skip over it so it's it's all about the headlines these days. So I'm ex- I'm saying, stop getting annoyed and stop getting frustrated. I'm I, I deal with it. It's fine. So just let's enjoy it together. Let's just get through it all. Not me saying like, yep, I'm the black guy here. We're we're gonna you're gonna not stop hearing about me. It was more along the lines of the fans like, hey, it's cool. I've I've been dealing with that for for a while now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. No question. Yeah. Exactly. Um, can you talk a little bit? I, I know there have been some some things written. I didn't have a chance to kind of read your thoughts about the depression mm-hmm. that you you're dealing with and how you in fact deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. The depression. I, I wouldn't say. I mean, it, it, I can't speak on everybody, but I'm sure people have a, a little ounce of depression when they're when they're brought into this world just from the start, and you don't know how that. How it grows and how it, you know, latches on to certain things, and and we're in a sport that, you know, uh, you're, you're put on a pedestal and you're you're expected to produce results uh, no matter what the circumstances are, uh, great results. You're expected to do all these great things, and, and and when you don't, you're then ridiculed and 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 you're and you're and you're brought down, and 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 people don't know the. The, the the true colors of the story or the or the the event or whatever it is and 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 you know, so for a lot of times I spend a lot of time trying to defend myself and 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 really it, it wore me out you know trying to say hey you know the reason why we ran bad was A B and C and D and and you try to carry this light and this positive message and 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 it, it just wears you out and wears you down and depression starts to build up and you and you start doubting yourself and it's like Man, is it really me? That's that's actually, you know, is that why we're running so bad and all this stuff? And there's just a lot of things that that this sport produces. And you had a lot of stuff going on in personal life. Parents going through divorce that takes a toll on people. And and so you had you had a lot of different outlets come in attacking that. And and finally, I just had enough of it. Yeah, that the voice of Bubba Wallace drops the number 43 for Richard Petty Racing joins us here. I'm from the press box to press row. It is Daytona 500 uh, Media Day. We are at Daytona. International Speedway. I asked you this this question because we sat right out here last year, and there was, you know, uh, just a lot be- prior to the race. Right prior to the race, you're allowed to go on the track and so forth. A lot of African Americans coming up to your car specifically, mm-hmm. yeah, which I thought was really cool. Um, you know, kind of your thoughts um, in terms of you um, as a driver, sort of attracting. That audience mm-hmm. that generally may not have really been into NASCAR yeah, historically. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's that was big. You know, having having everybody come up. You know, I had had conversations with Hank Aaron on the phone. You know, hmm. 2018 uh, day 2500 moments before climbing in the car, which was really cool. Um, I had you know multiple people come up and and, and want to take pictures and, and whatnot and it, and it, that's that's the job we're doing is is we're trying to open up open up to a new audience and so whatever it takes and, and the outlet that they can come out and enjoy a race because of me that's that's all the better so I appreciate the support that we uh, that, that I receive and 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 it's a fun it's a fun process you know there's a lot of cool things that we get to do in our sport is meet new people and that's one of the things that I say when people ask, what's your favorite thing about sport? Traveling and meeting new people. 
and that's what you know the avenues bring. So um, we're excited about it. I don't know who's going to show up uh, for uh, for this year's Daytona 500. I know Charles Woodson was last year uh, was here last year, so that was really cool. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of travel, I mean you're here. Obviously you've been here the last couple of years, but you had a chance to go a little bit, uh, I guess a little bit uh, west of us, maybe wherever Orlando mm-hmm. is yep. from here. Yep. West of us, it yes. is west. <laughs> I visited. Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Talk about, you know, sort of talk about that, but not not just that sort of, you know, you have to do these things and the race part of it is all part of it, but also the downtime that you have as well. Yeah, you know, we get, Daytona is always fun just because we know we get here and get on track for a little bit and, and then you have a couple of days off to enjoy yourself and be down here in the warm weather and, and enjoy Florida, if you can enjoy Florida. Uh, the weather's been actually really, really nice. So that's been that's been cool. But this year's kind of been low key for me. Usually we kind of go out on the town and have a good time. But um, I've been laying low, working on a lot of photography stuff, keeping to myself and, and, and staying kind of introverted, which is the opposite of me. Um, <laughs> but we did have the opportunity to go to uh, Disney World yesterday and, and, and check out Galaxy's Edge. And, and that was cool. I'm not a Star Wars fan by any means, but uh, I don't hate it or, or I just I don't love it either it's just something that I, I can't latch on to but <laughs> it was uh it was cool it was cool to see I had more excitement of, of figuring out how they built all this stuff and and how it works and and whatnot we did um the rise of the resistance or something uh and the way that you were riding around on the roller coaster part it was like there was no tracks or anything it was all off gps and and whatnot so that was cool uh, wireless transmissions that was really cool and how it worked and, and all the all the effects special effects and stuff it was it was really neat so um it was uh one of those cool things a day off had the opportunity to go down there and check it all out yeah um the going back to 2013 the uh the win that you had at the truck series at, at martinsville speak to that um and uh, you know the first african american to win a nascar national uh, series race since 1963 but also doing it not only in the state but really right up the road yeah. from where Wendell Scott is yeah that was uh, that was big and you know i never knew the history and and all those facts behind it until after the win happened and that's kind of how you know i like to go about it people ask me about pressure and and what it is and what it means to to be the first african american uh since Wendell Scott to win a race, but I never knew that. Every every race to me is, is one that I want to go out and win, and it just so happened to be my first one at Martinsville, which was a long time coming, about 20 races too late. You know, we were trying to win all season long, and that finally all the stars were aligned, and we had to get get it going. So we were uh, we were super ecstatic that day, and then. They were like, well, did you know you were the first since Wendell Scott? And we're like, no. Did you know that you were 30 minutes away from where Wendell Scott was from? And you're like, no. And it's like, it's just how fate was, was supposed to be that day. Yeah. Lastly, what has to happen Sunday? Because, again, you finished second here. You're familiar with the track. and raced here, you know, three or four times to win the Daytona 5. Did you watch the class on the Sunday this past Sunday? I, I did not. I, I <laughs> hey, did. hey I did you not. missed a lot of carnage and a lot of wrecks, so we got to avoid all of that. Uh, and that's what that's what Daytona produces is exciting uh, moments, crashes. Uh, we have to steer clear of that. We have to give ourselves a fighting chance, be there at the last second, the last lap to uh, to have a good shot at winning the Daytona 500. Last year was crazy, right? It was. It was. It was. We we didn't even make it to the the we didn't even make it to, to the, the, the first stage. Okay. Yeah. yeah we yeah. Were, we were out yeah. early, so we go back to 2018 and relive that hype. So we're going to bring that back and try to replicate that again. He drives the number 43 for Richard Petty. I, I'm sorry, I'd be remiss. Richard Petty. What does he mean? You had. You, matter of fact, you had his. I got a tattoo, tattoo on, my leg. Yeah. on your leg. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah that was uh, that was a little side bet, I guess, with myself. Okay. Uh, that I didn't really account for. <laughs> uh, but hey, all in all, a bet's a bet. I'm a man of my word. Um, but working with Richard Petty and having him as a leader and a mentor is really cool. So uh, exciting for the opportunity and thankful for the opportunity that that has been placed in front of me. I just got to go out and deliver. All right, Bubba. We appreciate the time. Good luck on Sunday. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. All right. You got it. Bubba Wallace from Daytona 500's Media Day on Wednesday. And for there to be a Bubba Wallace, there had to have been an Elias Bowie, who, as a matter of fact, I was just reading about a little bit earlier, the first black driver to race in a NASCAR event. There had to be a Charlie Scott. There had to be a George Wilshire. There had to be a Randy Bethay. There had to be a Willie T. Ribs. There had to be a Bill Lester and one of the greatest drivers of all time on the NASCAR circuit. 
there had to be to to really before any of those that I mentioned, there had to be a Wendell Scott who is in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And um, so uh, and I like the drive for diversity program that NASCAR has implemented in trying to get uh, certainly more uh, black folks involved with NASCAR. Up next here on this edition of From the Press Box to Press Row, you'll hear from Martin Truex Jr. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row, the biggest names, our guests on Box to Row. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. You know what you said. This is the one and only Eagle Double G. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey, man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey, say what's happening, man? It's T.I.T., man. Hello, this is Aretha Franklin, Queen of Soul. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. It's really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.botchtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Before we get to the interview with Martin Truex Jr., also had a chance to catch up with Cole Custer. The Charlotte Observer calls him one of the rookies to watch. He drives the number 41 for Stuart Haas Racing. Caught up with Cole Custer also at Daytona 500 Media Day on Wednesday. I'm doing pretty good. I'm just excited to get going on the weekend, you know? Yeah, just can you kind of speak to all of, you know, this with respect to the Daytona 500 and Media Day and how maybe, or not, you're enjoying it? I mean, <laughs> it's the Daytona 500. You know, we're looking forward to it. It's a race I've watched since I was a little kid. Um, guys, I've watched since I was a little kid, you know, so showing up here and, you know, going for the... The Daytona 500 trophy is going to be pretty special. Yeah, for you, let, let me take you back because it had been a couple of years since you raced uh, uh, on the the Cup Series circuit, uh, going back to 2018. How, you had three races. Uh, how do those, or did you think, or do you think those races will sort of help you uh, coming into the Daytona 500 and throughout the 2020 season? Oh, well, I mean, the package has changed since then. You know, things have changed a little bit. But at the same time, I think I learned the competition level. I mean, just knowing how these guys race and that they've been doing it for 20 years and just figuring out, you know, how you need to up your game up has been the biggest thing I think I learned from those three races. The the Xfinity Series, can you kind of talk about that? And it had some success, obviously, uh, with with respect to that series finishing the runner-up the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, we were able to win a lot of races, and uh, it was definitely a, you know, a good year, especially last year. And, you know, I think we know the things that made us successful in the Xfinity Series, and I think it's just a matter of trying to apply those things to the Cup Series. But before you can do that, you just need to get used to the cars because it's a different kind of – everything's just a little bit different, so it throws you off a little bit. But if you can do the little things right, it's going to help you. No, it's interesting. Can you speak to some of those differences, perhaps the nuances with respect to Xfinity and then the Cup Series? Yeah, I mean, I think the way you look at it is that there's, not, there's nothing that really stands out that's extremely huge. Um, but the thing is, all the little things add up. And when, all, and when you have all those little things, it makes it kind of big to get, get used to. So – it's just the downforce is different. The motors are different. Um, the guys you're racing against are different is the biggest thing probably. You're racing against really experienced guys and a lot more of them. You know, it, it's interesting because I can liken it to almost any other sport. I mean, if you look at, at football, maybe you play college football. You've you've won at that level. Then you move up to the National Football League. College basketball, you move up to the NBA, etc. At the end of the, of the day, you've had success. You've won nine races Right in the last three years. So, you know, speak to that and sort of the confidence factor that that gives you coming into not only Daytona, but throughout this Cup Series season. Uh, it definitely gives you some confidence because, I mean, at times you're beating those guys in the Xfinity Series because they go down and race that series. So I've had experience racing them, but at the same time, I haven't been had experience a lot of racing 25 of them. So it's just a matter of uh, getting used to your surroundings, the cars, the people. 
And then from there, I think applying the things that you know made you successful at the extreme level. Um, the clash, you were part of that? Uh, I was not part of that, You weren't part of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so s- sort of for you, I mean, this, so you're, you're really green when it comes to, you know, sort of the, the, the 500 here. What are, you kinda, what are so your expectations for Sunday? Uh, you know, the thing that comes first is the duels. You know, I think the biggest thing is you got to take it one step at a time and try and do the little things right. And from there, you might end up in a pretty good spot because I think with Stuart Haas Racing, we have some of the best cars in the field. So it's just a matter of uh, doing little things right and being there at the end, and we should be pretty good. Yeah, no, that's, that brings, that's a great point. When you talk about Stuart Haas Racing, you talk about one of the best. I mean, uh, speak to that and being able to uh, be part of that team. And uh, it's, it's, it's an elite team. It means a lot. I mean, having Tony Stewart and Gene Haas as a boss, having support from Haas Automation, it means a ton. I mean, I think obviously we have some of the best cars in the field, always competing for wins and championships. And being able to work with, you know, three other guys that are some of the best in the sport with Eric Almirola, Clint Boyer, and Kevin Harvick, I mean, if I could learn anything from those guys, it's going to be huge. What are some of the things, who, who are some of the drivers that you looked up to growing up? Um, for me, I mean, it was just a little bit of all of them, I guess. You know, Kevin and Tony and uh, all those guys, you know, that were at the top of the sport with Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, you know, it was pretty pretty crazy to grow up in the time I did when all those guys were winning, I think. Cole Custer again drives the number 41 for Stuart Haas Racing. He joins us here on the program. Cole, how did you even get into racing? Um, pretty much, I mean, my dad's always been in it. So it's just uh, he got me into it when I was four years old in quarter midgets. So being able to start that young and just kind of work up as I went, um, it just it was pretty surreal for sure. To, you know, I've been around the track for a long time, so to race at this level is pretty crazy. For you, what has to happen uh, on Sunday for you, your team, um, uh, to have success here at Daytona 500? You know, I think it's a matter of staying out of the big wreck, but the problem is uh, <laughs> there's no real good plan for that. Yeah. So uh, you have to have a little bit of luck on your side, but the same thing, I mean, you got to control what you can control, which is being good at the little things like pit stops and restarts and stuff like that. So I think if we do the little things right and take it step, one step at a time and maybe get aggressive at the end of the race, that's going to be uh, what's going to help us. Cole Custer had a lot of success on the Xfinity Series. Finally, on Media Day, got a couple of other interviews, but uh, uh, limited time here. So going to replay the interview with Martin Truex Jr., your 2017 Cup Series champion, drives the number 19 Toyota Camry. For Joe Gibbs Racing. For you, just your thoughts on a, a, a very big 2019, a bunch of wins for you, where you finish runner-up. Uh, yeah, great, great, not so great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I get it, I get it. I mean, that's that's fair. Yeah, uh, and also, yeah, obviously a great season, yeah. uh, unbelievable season, yeah. and uh, be able to win a lot of races and, and be right there in the, in the hunt for the championship. Uh, but finishing second two years in a row stings a little bit, so... Hopefully this year we can get we'll do one spot better. But all in all, it was really a great season. It was my first year at Joe Gibbs Racing, and uh, to be able to do what we did was pretty incredible. So hopefully we can keep going. Yeah. Um, so in, in kind of looking, your top finish here uh, at the Daytona 500 mm-hmm. because you you know you finished second in 2018 in July, but 2016 the second place finish. Talk about that. I think you had a couple of top fives, but what is it going to take to win it on Sunday? <laughs> You've done, you've done every, you've done about everything else. You that's, know? that's the big question. How do you win the big, this is the big one. This yeah. is the big race, right? And, um, you know, we, we've been so close. I think it was by about 10 inches that we lost by 2016, which still haunts me, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how to win this thing. It's a tough race. It's, um, a lot can happen. You know, we see that, uh, these speedway races can be kind of crazy. It's, I always say it's like a traffic jam on the highway and there's 40 of us in that traffic jam going about 205. So it's, uh, it's pretty wild and crazy. And, you know, for me, honestly, I feel like if I can just get to the end of this thing, I'm going to have a shot at it. So that's really all I've been thinking about all week is how do I get to the end? Because it's really easier said than done. Um, yeah. We've been caught up in a lot of crashes here at this place, and hopefully this this year that's not the case. Yeah. Um, let me take you back to 2017, a great season. Again, you win it all, both regular season and then, of course, uh, ultimately the Cup Series championship. You know, talk about uh, sort of that season. Talk about that season. That season, I felt like it was just, um, you know, it was meant to be. We, we really couldn't do anything wrong. I felt like every single week we showed up at the track, we were the guy to beat. 
you know, everybody looked at us that way. We were able to get those kind of results. You know, we won to win eight races in a season is pretty incredible. And, and obviously, you have to basically have to win the final race to be the champion. And to be able to do that was just incredible. It was a lifelong dream of mine, um, you know, since I was a kid to uh, to be able to race in this series and you know, to become a champion of it is uh, is something that I probably never even dreamed of. It was amazing. So. Um, that's what we all strive for when we come into this sport is to win a championship and uh, to be one of the guys that have done it is really special. To make the move last year, the transition to Joe Gibbs Racing, kind of speak to that and, again, being able to have – I mean, I get it, didn't, mm-hmm. didn't win it ultimately, but, I mean, it, you, had a, you had a good 2019. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was really good. And, and first year at, at you know JGR, to be able to do that was really special as well. And, just um, you know, really an honor to be part of that organization to race for coach. I mean, and all that he has built there. I mean, it's amazing if you go in that shop and you see the amount of wind manners on the walls, and you and you know the guys that have raced there and won championships there. And just to be a part of that is uh, is something special. And then to be able to, to be as successful as we were, um, the, you know, that's just the icing on the cake. So uh, excited about a big year this year. I feel like we can continue to do things we did last year and um, hopefully get another championship. Yeah. Then a uh, what is that going to be like? You think a new crew chief? for 2020 yeah it's um you know i, I think it's going to be good obviously uh you never want to change things when you're being successful but uh cole decided that you know he didn't want to he didn't want to run the grind anymore and he was ready to uh, take some time off with his family so um james has been with us for quite a few years now um lead engineer last year and he's moved up to the crew chief role but i feel like he fits right in and um, you know, him and Cole were, were both really responsible for all our success, and he was a big part of that as well. And so, uh, you know, making that transition, making that jump up, I think it'll be good. I think he'll do a great job, and uh, I have a lot of confidence in him. What do you sort of, I mean, you've been doing this. You're one of the veteran, you know, drivers. You've been doing this for quite some time, which is a good thing. You know, I'm not, you know, but, you I'm know. getting old. <laughs> Let's just say it. <laughs> well, sort of what, um, you know, when, when you think back, I mean, I know you're not, going to be done anytime soon i'm not inferring that but uh just when you think back over your you know your sort of your career if you've had a chance to kind of reflect especially during the off season what most comes to your mind you know i think the biggest thing is just um how long it took me to you know be a consistent winner and, and a guy that you know is, is been able to challenge for championships um there was a lot of a lot of lean years in there where it was a real struggle and you know, I just remember, uh, you know, back to the, some of those days, you know, trying to figure out how, how I was going to get better and, and was I ever going to get in a position to be able to do what I've done the last five years. So I just honestly feel very blessed and very lucky to be in the position I'm in, um, to have been surrounded by some of the teams that I have. And, and um, man, I've just had some great opportunities since, you know, really when I went to Furniture Row, that was the game changer for me. And um, what Barney built out there, being a part of that in Denver was really special. And, um, and then now at, at JGR. Uh, it, you know, I think if you asked anyone in that garage area uh, if they could drive for one team, they'd be one. Of, you know, JGR would be one of the teams they mentioned. So, uh, just feel really lucky to get to do what I do, and um, and you know, just really enjoying myself right now, winning races and having fun. Yeah. Do you like all of the media part of this? I mean, especially for the Daytona 500, the the, the Super Bowl, if if you will, of, of NASCAR. Um, I'd say it's probably not my favorite day of the year, but it's it's, <laughs> it's always. Uh, <laughs> It is always exciting to come down here and talk about this race and what it means to our sport and how big of a day it is. And, and it's really like uh, it's like the first week of school. You know, when we come out, come down here every year, it's exciting and uh, everybody's getting fired up for the race season and uh, for the Daytona 500. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. What is it going to take to uh, for you? What is it going to take for you to get that checkered flag on? <laughs> Sunday. I just got to make it to the end. I got <laughs> If I get to the end in one piece, man, I'm going to have a shot at it. That's what I'm looking forward to. Martin Truex Jr., the 2017 champion in last year's runner-up. I got to get ready to run. Hope you enjoyed this Daytona 500 slash NASCAR edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. For more information on the program, to listen to any of our shows from the past, log on to our website at box to row. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. I don't know, but today seems kind of odd. No barking from the dog, no small. And mama cooked the breakfast with no harm. I got my grub on, but didn't dig out. 